to some may have been a snooze fest to others it may have been great but listen welcome back to another episode of performance talk performance talk podcast hottest home and best f1 minute live talk show best thing on the planet it happens today memorial day happy to everybody salute condolences to everybody and anybody who's lost somebody that served Ura navy in the house so listen Today, we're going to have special hours for F1 Minute. That is the live talk show where it is more about you than me. You get to come on, uh, take part in the show, debate, whatever. The link is right there in the live chat as well as in the comment section. Let's talk about the Monaco GP. We are going to talk about more than a few things today on F1 Minute. We're going to talk about Haas. We're going to talk about Alfa Romeo. We're going to talk about Aston Martin. We're going to talk about Red Bull, Mercedes. We're going to talk about a plethora of things that you will be able to participate in. But right now, let's just kind of go over some things that took place yesterday. What's going on, Galacticus? And uh, Monaco is still a snooze fest. I don't care what anybody says. I, you know, I saw plenty of comments. People saying, oh, you've never been to Monaco. You never know what's up. Big shout out to Paul with the Super Chat. Hope all service families has a blessed Memorial Day. Love you all and thank you for your service. Big shout out, Paul. Thank you very much for thanking me for my service and other people for their service. All branches, uh, United States Navy, Marine Corps is, a, is also a department of the Navy. Navy SEAL, SWIC, EOD. Big shout out to all the fam, Air Pack crew, all of that, Air Force, Army, uh, Coast Guard, any of that National Guard, big shout out for anybody taking part in protecting their country, no matter where you are in the world. All right. So let's get into this. Like Monaco was still very lackluster. It had a highlight moment and that purely was attributed to the weather conditions changing. If rain never comes, Monaco is what it always is. A big boat show with a lot of stars pre pre and post show. And that is really it. It, it, um, it, Monaco is not a track that is facilitating this new era and new generation of cars. It's just not. It's not made for these cars. It was made for the smaller variation of cars way back several, several decades ago. And it's not facilitating the new era of cars. It is just not a track. Monaco really needs to be updated. It needs to be updated. It's been passed. It's due to be updated and if Stefano is really honest about what he's been saying, then Monaco should not be on the calendar going forward until they can adjust that track. There are several options out there. There are several ideas that have been shared on how and what people think could be done for Monaco in order to enhance its challenging and its race experience. We're not talking about stars showing up, movie stars, models. At, we're not talking about that. We're talking about pure race element okay that is what we're talking about and monaco is not that monaco is a parade of cars if we want to see a parade i'm pretty sure you can find one today in your local town or city your area we're not watching monaco for a parade okay so let's talk about stroll stroll and we're going to get more in depth in this conversation about stroll and aston martin when we get into f1 minute which will be 1500 which is 3 p.m eastern standard time today instead of 8 30 p.m standard time we're going to give an opportunity for our uk family and family members overseas to participate in a show that doesn't happen as late for them so once again it will be 3 p.m eastern standard time today you will be able to participate in the f1 minute live talk show okay paul says update or move the race to somewhere that handles a race. and i mean a lot of people talk about kalami a lot of people talk about other areas that in and matter of fact, I saw that there is a new track even, I want to say in France 
or Italy somewhere, there's a new track, even I forget the name of it, but they're even having the capabilities, new facilities, new track, new everything uh, is, is set to handle a lot of different motorsport events. There are options other than Monaco. I understand the nostalgia. I understand the history. I understand all that. It's not that I don't get that, but what I do get and what I do understand is a lot of things that people are trying to oversight and that is Monaco is not a track that is now beneficial to this type of racing. Monaco is starting now to become more of a dirt derby and crash fest and also a snooze fest than it is a beautiful racing event. If you want to go there and see boats pulling to the harbor, fine. I can go to Bass Pro Shop and see boats, okay? I can go to Bass Pro Show Shop and see plenty of boats, yacht-style boats. I can go to a marina if I want to go see boats. If I'm watching Monaco, I'm watching because I want to see Formula One cars and drivers at the most elite around on a track that's period if i want to go see a bunch of pools i can go to the water park okay that's what you pretty much hear about monaco the pools or we got a new pool section how about a new track section how about that how about we do something about that if i want to see pools and boats i can go somewhere else how about new track sections how about new updates how about ability to challenge these drivers with the respect of not wrecking up cars because the track is too small for the cars we have all right but with that being said stroll looking like he's playing bumper cars and definitely puts himself out of a race and we will get into that later on the show on f1 minute of course but uh, if we if we go over here and just take just take a brief look, okay, let's just take a br brief look at this. As you can see, Monaco is has a, is and has a lot of dry spots. All right, you look from lap one all the way up until thirty five or so, you get a little action in the bottom side of the pack. We went over this yesterday in finale lap. You go a little bit further, and you can evidently it is very clear when the rain kicks in. All of the changes. Right here, lap 52 and on for that moment until it kind of started clearing up is where all the action starts to happen. Other than that, Monaco is very dry. All right. It's very dry. So let's go ahead and get into the next photograph so we can start moving on into talking about some things. Let's talk about turns 15 and 16, where we saw plenty of drivers like you see right here, Charles pushing the limits. I'm going to talk about a driver who definitely is not pushing the limits who definitely is not having the rookie season that we thought he would have. I'm going to talk about a driver who we expected a lot from, a driver who we thought with all of his accolades and his race series performance would come into Formula One, a driver who we saw take Williams to points right off of the couch. I'm going to talk about that driver. Big shout out, Paul. Big shout out, Derwin. Big shout out, Mary. Big shout out, everybody in the chat. We're going to talk about a driver, and I'm going to show you some comparisons. Look at Charles and how close he, and I believe this is turn 15 going into 16. Look at Charles pushing the limits, okay? Now, yes, pushing the limits does have its, have its downside. You can push the limits too far and, and ruin your suspension and your steering and kill it. Okay, that's true. But you have to push the limits to find the boundaries and try to shave as much time off of here. Now, we're going to show you a driver, and I'm going to keep comparing these photos so you can actually see. Look at Nick DeVries. I'm going to show you this up here in the right-hand in the right -hand side corner. I'm going to keep that up there so that you all can see what Nick DeVries does and what his what his um what he considers pushing the limits. All right. That's what that's what we're gonna show. We're gonna show what Nick DeVries considers pushing the limits because I don't I don't think he clearly understands what pushing the limits is. That that's one how I feel. Okay. So we're gonna I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna bring this video up real quick. Uh just bear with me. I hate when they make updates to 
this uh file and they don't show it correctly. Oh my gosh. Leave it to leave it to damn this program to start acting crazy right now, right here. All right. So let me uh just give me a second. And I'm going to try to get this up for you real quick. But yeah, pushing the limits is what we saw. We saw Max pushing the limits. We saw several other drivers pushing the limits. This much we know that you have to do at Monaco, especially if you're going to be somebody just going to try to get qualifying times, which big shout out to Ocon because qualifying is what put him in the main position for him to do what he was able to do. Uh, if he did not do that, then I'm not sure Ocon gets on podium, which we're going to talk more about that as well like he did going into this race and like he did finishing this race. I don't I don't think he gets onto it. Okay, now now it's not going to it's not going to act right. This is I'm telling you, this is like one of the worst things I hate about these programs. They do updates and then when they do updates, things don't want to work right. And then when things don't want to work right, we as content creators look like we're crazy. Like we don't know what we're talking about. When indeed it's not us. It is it is it is the damn program, and I'm telling you, I hate it right now. So yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna let me show it, uh, because all of a sudden, it's it's uh, it's not acting right. So I I can't even show you what I want to show you as far as Nick DeVries not pushing the limit. So, uh, you know what? Yep, I, there's gonna be another way for me to do it, and I'm gonna find a way to do it. I'm gonna find a way to get this done because I think it is important. So we will, I will show you like this. There's always more than one way to skin a cat, right? There's always more than one way. This is what I do know. So hold on real quick. Bear with me. I am going to do this. When all things seem like they will work against you, always there is a way to get it done. You just have to be quick on thinking. Oorah, your Navy training. Revert to it. And here we go. Bow. All right, so here it is, Nick DeVries. This is what he calls pushing the limits, okay? This is what Nick DeVries calls pushing the limits. And if this is pushing the limits for Nick DeVries, then I am afraid that Nick DeVries is going to find himself out of Formula One really soon, okay? So <laughs> Nick DeVries considers this pushing the limits, all right? This is what Nick DeVries considers pushing the limits. Look at how far away he is from that wall. Big shout out to Mary Beanie. Jay, did you see Red Bull squaring on grid walk? I got to check that out. Paul Tulasi says, just so you know, uh, Jay, my buddy Hillian won the DZP Monaco 100% race Saturday. Rain the hat. Hey, big shout out to Hillian doing his thing, man. I will do a post on that for sure. Big shout out to Hillian in the chat right now. So this is what Nick DeVries is considering pushing the limits. That is not pushing the limits, okay? Let's go to another image right now and, and check this out, okay? Here you go right here. Here is Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton pushing the limits, all right? This is Lewis Hamilton pushing the limits. It looks completely different from what Nick DeVries is doing, what he considers pushing the limits, okay? That, that's, that's not going to get it done, Nick. That's not going to get it done. Matter of fact, I tell you what, we will look at somebody else. We'll look at another driver. Here we go. Max Verstappen surely pushing the limits at Monaco, especially on that last flying lap to get his position back from Alonzo. I'm not sure if at Monaco, with the way that track is and way the conditions turned out, if Max finishes out that race a race winner. I think almost Alonzo might get his race win, but Max proving time and time again that you can't count him out in the RB19, of course, 
in qualifying are in the race. Okay, they are in an extraordinary car this season. And when you have good drivers and an extraordinary machinery, you're going to get great outcomes. You're going to get good outcomes. You're going to get race wins. You're going to get podiums. You're going to get constructor championships as long as both drivers can tandemly be within points, which uh, Perez suffered this weekend. But majority than not, both drivers from Red Bull are going to be in points. But if you look at this, it doesn't look like this. It doesn't look like what we're seeing from DeVries. DeVries, buddy, you're going to have, look at how much gap, look at how much gap DeVries is leaving between this turn compared to everybody else. Everybody else has white paint on their Pirellis because they're touching limits. DeVries, is, that's not going to get it done, buddy. That's not going to get it done, okay? Not, not one bit. Is that ever going to get it done in Formula One? All right. It's just it's just not going to happen. OK, once again, you can see Lewis pushing the limits, getting some of that white paint on his Pirellis. You can see Charles pushing the limits, getting some of that white paint on his Pirellis. And then you can see Max Verstappen surely pushing the limits, white paint rear front and rear on those Pirellis. Nick DeVries, his his Dutch pen pal spend the night buddy is not making that happen. Not at all. That ain't what that is not what we're going to call pushing in the sport of Formula One, Nick. That's just not going to get it done. All right. But I will give Nick this much credit for a situation and what had taken place in Monaco. I will give him this much credit. Okay, Nick DeVries finally finishes in front of Yuki. But we all know that, yes, it is affected very much by the Monaco GP. Yuki having brake issues. In the final stint of Monaco, it handicapped him until then. Yuki, I believe, was in points, holding down that last 10 spot. I'm not sure if he if he holds off Piastri, but if he doesn't have the brake issues, I don't see why not. And DeVries finishes in front of him, which has been unlikely for DeVries this season. Let me make sure I didn't miss any Super Chats. Paul, yeah, I got the Derwin Hill. Matter of fact, let me go ahead and give Derwin, man. Let me give him his, his shout-outs. For doing this thing, Derwin, boy, I'm about to put you in the chat right now, man, for doing what you done did over there, bro, in the DZP series. Let me get Derwin his credit, man. Let me give him those trophies for him for him getting on that damn race win. So there we go right there. So, yeah, uh, finishing in front of Yuki, not a big deal. But what's going on with DeVries? You know what I think is going on with DeVries? I think DeVries right now is in a situation where he's not feeling comfortable. That's what I think. I think DeVries doesn't feel comfortable. I think DeVries is in a situation, and rightfully so, DeVries is in an environment where they want strict, hard competition. They want their drivers to be highly competitive, and we know Red Bull to dismiss drivers if they don't think that you are cutting the edge, okay? DeVries may indeed have a little bit of leeway given that Yuki is his partner, but indeed Yuki performing like he is in the same vehicle is not doing DeVries any favors. Do I think it is time for DeVries to go? No. I think just like any rookie, DeVries should have more than one season to prove himself and get adjusted. I do think with the extreme amount of expectations coming into Formula One and them him actually competing with a team, with a seat in Formula One, to be expected to have these outcomes week in and week out. I think it has added pressure, and I don't think he's doing well under the pressure. And I think what you saw there 
is evidence of DeVries trying to play it safe, at least not wrecking the car and bringing it home. So at least he doesn't have to go through scrutinizing of that. That is what I think is is happening with Nick DeVries. So, uh, yes, I'm, I'm giving him a shot. I'm giving him a chance, definitely. But I'm still going to critique and give my opinion on what I think about he's doing in the sport of Formula One, especially with him being one of the most seasoned rookies coming in out of Logan, Piastri, and DeVries. He's the most seasoned. He's the most highly anticipated as far as his resume. Oscar Piastri, with all the debacle and situation that took place with Alpine and McLaren, of course, there was a big hoopla about that. And going through the CRB board, of course, there was a lot of expectation with him coming in if he was going to prove worth it. And if he was going to live up to at least all the child custody disputes that happened around uh, Piastri. And up until right now, he's been doing fairly decent. And DeVries, with his underperformance, definitely takes some pressure off of Logan and Piastri. Logan hasn't been doing that great. But DeVries and Logan both are in the same boat. Zero points. Piastri right now, I believe, has five points. Paul, I think he needs to build a little confidence. Facts. That's 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 big facts, Paul. He He definitely needs some confidence. And hopefully he'll gain that through the rest of the season. He'll go into the offseason. He'll get his mind right. You know, I still think he needs to talk to a sports therapist. He'll get training in. He'll get sim time. And hopefully he'll come back in a little bit more refreshed in 2024. And we'll see a different and not a different. We'll see a side of Nick DeVries that we once thought existed. Because to this point, it seems non-existent. So I'm giving DeVries a chance, definitely. But I'm still going to critical critically analyze in my way, in my perspective about his performance. All right. So let's move on. Talk about our next topic right now. And uh, that next topic is going to be Ocon and Alpine. All right. Ocon and Alpine. So what I do have to say, I do have this to say, Rossi, is that good enough for you, bro? Because you put your team out there on front street you criticized them. You threatened jobs. You came up with some unrealistic goals, although I ain't mad at your approach with putting them on the front seat. I'm not mad at it at all. It's not always the best for morale, but do you feel like your team finally delivered to the point you might be able to sit back and say, y'all might be all right? I think maybe, but honestly, I feel not, okay? I feel not. I'm very a salute and, and congratulations to Ocon getting that getting that podium finished at third place coming in there. He had some situations that took place, especially with Carlos rear ending. I mean, it could have caused him a puncture. It did cause Carlos front wing damage, but Carlos suffered front wing damage to his own doing. All right. Ocon didn't do anything wrong. He wasn't moving around in the last going into that corner in the space. So it was all Carlos and Carlos became frustrated. And I tweeted as much before Carlos even spun off track, which we'll talk about Ferrari. But talking about BWT Alpine, Team Renault, I think that this success that they had is all, is first of all, I'm not going to take it away from Ocon that he qualified for that position. I thought that was completely on merit. What he did there was completely on merit. He nailed the lap. He, he was in a good situation that didn't affect him as far as a lot of traffic, and he brought that AT523 across that line, and he rightfully earned, with merit, his third grid position. No joke. As you see, he finished third, so he turned it into a podium. Conversion is good. 
You have Gasly still in points at seven. So for the team overall, both cars, both drivers bringing in points. But let's not buy too much into this. Rossi still might be very right, although very wrong with the way he approached it. I know a lot of people feel like he doesn't know what he's doing, but it is his job to put pieces in position and also analyze those pieces. And he feels like the team is underperforming, given what expectations were coming into this season. They were supposed to be the best of the rest, and they are not that right now. Although Alpine is sitting in fifth after the Monaco, 35 points as a team, okay? Ocon has 21 points. Gasly has 14 points. Far off from anything competing in the top three driver standings there. But still, Alpine likely will not be the fourth team this season. They likely will not be that, okay? I also think that their success, although with merit, Ocon getting the grid position and qualifying, was heavily credited to being at Monaco. Got to give Ocon credit for Monaco. He earned it. Facts. Facts. If we're not at Monaco, is Ocon able to hold off Hamilton? I don't think so. And in the same right, is Ham are Hamilton and Russell able to hold off the Ferrari guys? The Ferrari boys, as I call them. Maybe, maybe not. Up until now, Ferrari, you know, it could be said that, yeah, they could. But for sure, I don't think Ocon on another track holds Hamilton off, even in the W14B on track for the first time. I don't think he does it. That's another ingredient that you can put in there. The W14B, first time on the track, on a track that is not the best situation for updates or even them collecting a lot of data, but any data is better than no data, as OG Zilla said, and I agree with that. But that also was an ingredient that could be baked into Alpine's success. Monaco being a track that a lot of overtaking is not going to happen. Uh, you, it's almost impossible. You're lucky if you can get two cars wide in some of those sections. You're not getting much more than that. And the fact that the W14Bs are just so, I, I, I believe, good, congratulations. I'm glad you got it. But I need to see a duplication of that type of success in Spain. If we're to really believe that Alpine have now pushed off the back foot and now are moving forward as maybe they anticipated, because I didn't anticipate a lot coming from them coming into 2023. I didn't. I anticipated maybe they might float around the same, and that's where they've been. They're in five. They're one spot down from where they finished in 2022. So that ain't that ain't saying much to me. So I need to see what they're going to do in Spain. I need to see what Ocon and Gasly can do. The W14B should be a little bit more improved. That's also going to be a test for the W14B as far as us seeing more straight line speed. And it opened up, so we still need to know it's porpoising because I don't believe Monaco is going to give you the ability. If there's porpoising there, especially in a marginal amount, Monaco's not going to bring it out of that car. Spain is going to bring it out. Spain's, if it's there, Spain's going to bring it out. Okay, so we'll get a we'll get an even better look at the opportunity and at the the potential of the W14B as well as everybody else and Mercedes. But we're also going to see is Alpine going to be able to duplicate said success that they actually had in Monaco. We'll see if that happens. But I'm not going to discredit Ocon for what he did because if he doesn't get that qualifying position, he doesn't get that he doesn't get that finish. So he made what needed to happen initially to get what he got on the back end, which was that podium. So big shout out to BWT Alpine. Much respect for that. All right. Much respect for that. So let's get into our next next situation here.
So let's talk about the Ferrari boys. Ferrari boys. <laughs> what are y'all doing? I, I, I got to say this. Ferrari, what are y'all doing? You consistently just amaze me at how many trap doors you can build and set up for yourself, then walk amongst the land and fall right into them. Why are Charles and Carlos in rain conditions putting pressure on each other while heading back to the pits on slicks? Like that really needs to happen. Carlos, why are you getting over anxious as I tweeted 10 seconds before you did this on track and spun off? Why are you doing that? Ferrari still consistently are able to prove to us that they don't mind shooting themselves in the foot at all. Carlos, you almost ruined your entire day. You almost ruined your day and you, <laughs> bro, you don't need that right now in your life. All right, I don't know why they were putting unneeded pressure on each other while trying to get back to the pits. Like Carlos is so anxious to get in front of Charles so he can, so he can be the first one in a double stack. And out of the pit to try to gain position. Yo, bro, you're not even thinking about your team at that point in time. That was unnecessary. It was unnecessary. It's not like it was an opposing team. It's your teammate. And you're in sketchy conditions. And you're putting pressure on himself on top of putting yourself in jeopardy of not finishing the race. Which is what happened right there. That's what happened right there. You literally almost put yourself out of Monaco. You really would have had a worse day. And Ocon was not his fault. You was you were at fault. You rear-ended Ocon. There goes another situation where you could have put yourself in further back position because you really got away with having that front wing in plate damage. You got away with not having to be mandated to come in and change that front wing for safety reasons. You got away with that. You got away with quite a bit. So why are you so upset at the end of the race when you really got away by the skin of your teeth? I don't know. Because you did enough to really put yourself out of that race. And you're lucky that, not lucky, you're fortunate that it didn't happen. You're fortunate that your side impact didn't end up like Perez. You're fortunate that your driveline or your cassette or your gearbox wasn't ruined by a little bit more impact there. You're fortunate that your rear wing didn't get damaged. So really, you need to chill out, Carlos, for real, man. Like, this season, bro, you've been really... Ever since that five-second penalty and those two points on your license in Australia, and I get it, I do get it. And that wasn't right for you, especially if other two drivers didn't get it. But it is what it is, and since then, you've just really been flake. You've been flaky out here in these streets. Ferrari better get it together, man. They better get it together and get it popping, or else they're going to find themselves in, in a heap of water and, and looking crazy out here in 2023 for the Formula 1 season. And also... Like I said, F1 Minute is going to be live today at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to talk Haas. We're going to talk Alfa Romeo. We're going to talk Aston Martin. We're going to talk Red Bull. We're going to talk Formula One. And we're going to see who's going to make the best decisions when it comes time. Because Aston Martin, you got some trouble brewing. F1 Minute, do not be late. Be there live tonight. It's more about you than it is about me. You get to have live call-ins and talk to me directly. Let's go. Don't forget to be there. All right? So, yeah, this is what we got. We're going to see what happens with Ferrari going forward. Uh, but up until now, you know, I, I've been a little bit, I've been a little bit disappointed. I, I have been. I got to be honest about it. I've been a little bit disappointed in Ferrari. But let's talk about Russell. 
Because a lot of people want to know, why did Russell get the penalty? Why did Russell get the penalty when indeed Perez sideswiped him? I was like, damn, here goes another fortunate event that could have ended up worse for two drivers. Russell could have suffered a lot of floor damage or some type of driveline damage. Perez, who was already having a horrible race weekend, not even race day, race weekend. Bro went out in Q1. 11 minutes remaining in Q1. He goes out in Q1. He's only on track for like five minutes. He's out of there. Then he comes in. We got the car crane. We're going to talk about that also on F1 Minute. Then here he is on this race looking bad. He literally was demoted to a test driver for Max. And here he is running into the side of Russell. But it's not It's not his fault. It's not his fault. All right. As we see right here, Russell gets penalized. And there were plenty of people saying, why is Russell getting penalized when Perez hit him? Some people do know, some people don't. So we're just going to cover it. All right. That's what I like to do here. Let's just cover it. All right. So as you see here, uh, 16.15, which is 4.15 p.m., left and rejoined the track in an unsafe manner. All right. So the unsafe manner that he left and joined in is right here. As you see right here, Russell ended up going into the runoff. And you'll also see another car as he's backing up. But Russell ended up running off track. As Russell backs up to rejoin the track, this is where he rejoined unsafely. Okay. And this is where the collision comes in with Perez, especially under the conditions that they were in, you know, slightly, you know, skewed vision or obstructive vision. So obstructive vision. So here it is right here. Uh, infringement was branch of Appendix L, Chapter 6, Article 2, Charlie. So let's go ahead and take a look at what that says. And as you see right here, Chapter 6 is Code of Driving Conduct on Circuit. We're going to go to 2, which is Overtaking Car Control and Track Limits. We'll go down to Charlie from here. And as you see, Charlie says uh, right here, you'll see it. This is Charlie, all right? All the way down, this is Charlie. So I'm going to go ahead and highlight that for you. Uh, if I can't highlight, okay, I can't highlight it right here. But anyway, I can highlight it like this. This is Charlie. Drivers must use the track at all times and may not leave the track without a justifiable reason, which his reason was justified. It was weather conditions. He slid, slid off. I don't, little control. We saw several other drivers that had impaired control of their vehicle. Stroll was one. Carlos, you saw, I mean, but at the same time, you know, they caused those situations pushing a little bit harder than they did. But still, you're all of a sudden having to adjust for rain on the track. So for the avoidance of doubt, the white lines defining the track edges are considered to be part of the track, but the curbs are not. Should a car leave the track for any reason, the driver may rejoin. However, this may only be done when it is safe to do so and without gaining any lasting advantage, which is why a lot of times you'll hear drivers being radioed that you need to give that position back. If they exceed track limits and therefore gain a position, you're not going to be or you're not supposed to be allowed to keep that position. We've seen several drivers push people off track and wide and still keep that position, but it happens. A driver will be judged to have left the track if not part of the car remains in contact with the track. Furthermore, right down here, continuation of 2C. It says right here, a driver may be reported to the steward should they perform any act which results in debris being brought onto the track. Now, also, you'll see right here, Delta. It says 
causing a collision, repetition of serious mistakes, or appearances of lack of control over the car, such as leaving the track, will be reported to the stewards and may entail the imposition of a penalty up to including the disqualification of any driver concerned. So, did they penalize? Yes, he got a five-second time penalty, and he got two points on his license, which now he has a total of six for a 12-month period before this point falls off, before these two points fall off. Remember, it's concurrent. It's basically your 12 months is when that point specifically is hit on your license unless you exceed the license limit. And then I think it's total 12 points. You exceed the license limit and then you miss a racing event and then your clock starts over. So I almost think it should have been a combination of both Charlie and Delta, given that he did indeed cause a collision, and we can see, see that collision right here when Perez hits him. So I think it should have been a combination of Appendix L, Chapter 6, to Charlie and Delta, since there was a collision involved. But either way it goes, Russell was penalized for his situation on track, and rightfully so, by rejoining unsafely, and Russell was rushing. Sylvia Wick says, don't forget F1 Minute later and smash that like, fam. Subscribe, join, and family and see all of you perks you can get. She ain't lying. And I will post a new new member chat. Should have posted today. If not, I'll check that. But we saluted our new members that we got over the weekend. So big salute to them for joining the family. And, and we'll see what happens. And hopefully you all join F1 Minute. Make sure you got a laptop or a desktop, but the link is already pinned right here in the live chat. So yeah. Rightfully so, Russell gets the penalty. Like I said, I think it should have been a combination of both Charlie and Delta, but they only went by Article 2 Charlie. I think it should have been Article 2 Charlie Delta, given that he caused a collision. And right here, you'll see the storage reasons. They say right here that the storage review positioning, uh, marshalling system data, video timing, telemetry, team radio, and car video evidence Russell spun into the uh, runoff at turn five, then rejoined the track in an unsafe manner directly in front of car 11, which is Perez, then causing a collision. So they even say then causing a collision right here, thus causing a collision. Competitors are reminded for the right to appeal. So even if that's the case, then they didn't completely add in everything for their reasoning because it should have been Charlie and Delta. As you see, he caused a collision. And as you see, Charlie does not say anything about a collision right here. It just says he needs to join safely. But Russell did cause a collision. So that that other subsection should have been also involved in his document. But either way it goes, unfortunate situation for Russell. Uh, I know that he probably wasn't happy about that. And this also goes to this. Russell, bro, you need to understand something. All right, and this is why I got to get big dog on Russell. Russell, you consistently get over anxious and you only focus on yourself. Lewis Hamilton was managing the position because of the conditions and knowing what Monaco can do to you and or what Monaco will not offer you. You radioing for team orders to have Hamilton give you a position for where you're going to be stuck behind Ocon anyway and possibly risk collision, damage to yourself, or maybe even Lewis Hamilton, the team, was pathetic. And then later on in the race, you ended up falling eight seconds off a of pace due to a situation anyway, bro. Russell, you got to calm down. You're already deemed max 
There were times where Ocon and Hamilton were in view and you were not. So all of this pace that they were trying to sell that was a marketable reason for team orders, it was really hogwash, okay? Especially at Monaco. Now, maybe on another track, we'll see what happens. But at Monaco, it wasn't that, bro. So you need to chill out. Russell needs to chill. But that's what happened with Russell. So let's get to uh, our next our next slide right here. And that is going to be Perez. Perez having an awesome day. An awesome day. He's having an awesome weekend. Matter of fact, since Perez, what, Miami? He's been on, whoo. Perez has been on a downslide, y'all. A downslide. Like, he's got to gather it back up. This situation at Monaco was nobody's fault but Perez. Now, I don't know, and it could be true. Maybe Perez, all right, maybe Perez had a situation. By the way, uh, y'all check out the merch from the Wolfpack WPP swag store, all right? I'm going to go ahead and put that in. It'll be down below. I appreciate people that actually grabbed some. The other day, that was really a big shout out doing for not like we had people buying the, the shirts, buying some of the hats and those things going out. So big shout out. But talking to Perez, this was his own fault. Now, there's some speculation out there, but maybe we can get into that on another video. Maybe I am going to get into that on another video. So I'm just going to talk to this. It's quite possible that Perez, when he was coming around this turn, that he that he took his eye for a moment off and focused on Ocon, which is coming back on track out of pit lane and just lost it. For, it, only takes a, it only takes a split moment. It only takes a moment of concentration to be broken, and you're going to end up in a wall, especially in Monaco. It's not giving you a lot of space. There's not a lot of runoff areas for you to, to not you know, have a situation besides for what you saw, like running straight in. It's not big even there, okay? You got all the cranes around track because there's not a lot like – there's a lot of situations where Monaco definitely isn't a track where we should keep going. Like, it needs to be changed. It needs to be changed or it needs to be dropped. But Perez is at fault here. Pushing the limits, yes. But I think he broke his concentration by seeing Ocon in that nice blue-pink car getting ready to re-enter. And that was all it took for him to slide into that wall and have such an impact that it ruined the car and it had to be craned out. He was not going to be able to continue. From there... He was on a downslide. He goes into the race, having all types of situations. He hits Russell, not his fault. You know, his pace, it just, it was a, it was a bad weekend, period, for Perez. It was just a bad weekend. But he doesn't have anybody to blame but himself for this weekend, in my opinion. That's just how I feel about it. There are other times where Perez can be justified for what has happened, and we know this, but this is not one of those moments. Not at all. Perez is to blame. And Perez, brother, I'm going to talk to you, man. Perez, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you. I'm calling you out. You got to get back on your horse, man. Since Miami, you've been falling off. You got to get back on. Right now, you are slowly slipping away from being in contention to be a driving champion. A lot of people already counted you out. A lot of Max Verstappen fans count you out. A lot of haters and racist people counting you out. You got to do better. I think you're a better driver. There are may be reasons why what happened happened, but we could talk about that on another show. But as of right now, your ability and your opportunity is slowly slipping away Grand Prix by Grand Prix. You better pick it up. You better get fixed because right now you're looking broke. Get it together, Perez.
I'm looking to celebrate you having another race win, bro. Get it together. That's all I got to say. You ain't saying no more right now. So, yeah, we will have several topics going on on F1 Minute Live tonight. Join the show. It is going to be a good time. We are going to have a good time. The link is posted already in the live chat. That is it for the Monaco Post Review. I felt that like there were several situations that happened there, especially with Russell getting that penalty. So I said, you know what, let's go on, talk about that, and, and see what many people think, especially with Perez, and then you had the situation with Stroll. But we are going to get into some very, very good conversation tonight on F1 Minute. Really not even tonight, this afternoon, Standard Eastern Time, 3 p.m. for Happy Holiday Memorial Day hours all right usually we go live 8 30 p.m eastern standard time mondays today we're going to give our uk brothers and sisters an opportunity to hopefully join the show as it won't be extremely late their time it should be around 2000 8 p.m your time around there set your clocks accordingly to the to the setting reminder situation go ahead click the set set your reminder click the bell all that so you don't miss it then I will post the link for you to come into the studio as a live audience. As long as you have a laptop and a desktop, you will be able to call in and you will able be able to have your F1 Minute live on the hottest talk show in the Formula One space, period. All right. So I will see you all then. I'm going to go ahead and get me something to eat. I've been up since 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, getting everything ready, prepping, going to release content, going to salute new members, going to salute all types of other stuff going on. So you know how I do it. All right. So with that being said, we are out of here. Peace.